0: James Harrison just won't go away. Like, even when he's gone, he won't go away. When he's gone one team removed, he won't go away, Bengals. When he's gone two teams removed, with a stop back here in the interim, he won't go away. Now that it looks like his career is over, he still won't go away. I'm Dan Kovachevich from DKPittsburghSports.com filling in for Mark Madden today and tomorrow. The number to call if you want to join this conversation at any point is 412-333-9939. James Harrison would like to join the conversation about the Steelers. He has plenty to say in comparing Bill Belichick to Mike Tomlin, which is... Oh, I guess it's something of a hot topic in Pittsburgh for the past, what, decade and a half or so? And people are going to hear what James said and say, aha, see, told you, we were right because James Harrison validated it. Before I share my thoughts on what he said, I'm going to share with you what he actually spoke. And this was... In an interview with FS1, the show called Undisputed that has uh, Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless hosting it, James Harrison was in studio, and he was asked, plain and simple, better coach, Bill Belichick or Mike Tomlin. Obviously, there's not a lot of people that can speak to that, so very fair question, good question to ask. Might even be the reason they had him on. And this was Harrison's response. Just going to read this. Mike Tomlin is good as a head coach. He's a player's coach. I think he needs to be a little bit more disciplined. The big thing with Belichick is he's very regimented. He's disciplined. Everyone is going to be on the same page. There's not going to be anything as far as someone doing their own thing. I think over there, meaning New England, their whole coaching staff is like that. Plain and simple, when Harrison was asked who is the better coach, he responded without hesitation, Belichick. Tomlin needs to be a little bit more disciplined. Man, I've seen Tom Brady running to a meeting scared to be late. Harrison was asked how Tomlin can upgrade his discipline. And his reply was, just being more consistent across the board with everything, from your stars to your special teams players. Well, there you go. Validation. James Harrison has spoken. He has told everyone how it really is in comparing the great, the infallible, Bill Belichick to Pittsburgh's Mike Tomlin. And everyone's going to take that and jump on it and say, well, now we've heard it. Now we believe it. And now this is the reason that the Steelers can never beat the Patriots. This is what everyone's going to jump on. Not Jesse James's catch, not the weird catch rule, not any of that stuff. Not the fact that Brady would have outplayed Ben in some of those games. Not the fact that the defensive scheme that was drawn up by Keith Butler, and even before him, Dick LeBeau weren't nearly good enough or smart enough to contain Brady and Rob Gronkowski. It's going to be all about Tomlin and discipline. We love this narrative. This is what this is all about. 412-333-9939 is where to call if you want to jump in on this. I'm going to be honest with you. I can't stand this subject. This, this one bugs me in a bunch of ways. Chiefly that it takes everything that Tomlin has achieved in Pittsburgh, good, bad, otherwise, and condenses it down to a single narrative. It takes a really accomplished head coach... It takes all these, I mean, it takes the initial Super Bowl, and and spare me the the garbage about winning with cowers players. You win, you win. It takes all of the conference championships, all the division championships, all the head-to-head matchups within the AFC North. It takes all of that and just boils it down to a single little nugget soundbite. It's just, well, Tomlin's teams lack discipline, and therefore they lose in big games. We have heard from other players, not least of whom was Ben Roethlisberger, if you'll recall a couple years back, that they would like to see more across-the-board discipline. Troy Polamalu hinted at such a thing, too, before his retirement. Actually, he did more than hint. He spoke to me about it once very candidly. It bugs veterans when they see young guys come in and not behave the same way that Aaron Smith or Alan Fanica did. Guys who were uh, great role models, James Ferrier. That's what bugs them. And they will often take that out on the head coach. They'll say, well, if only the head coach was in here policing all this, everything would be okay. They get resentful of younger guys. You see where I'm going here? Because this is what the true story is about James Harrison. James Harrison was furious, not when he left the Steelers last year. Before that, he was furious through the whole thing. He'd made a fool of himself at times in that locker room with some of his behavior, a lot of which went unreported because it's not the kind of thing that's considered to be on the record. And all he's done since then is to continue to answer questions about the Steelers and or now Mike Tomlin as if it's his business. It's not. It's not. It's not anymore. He wanted out. He got out. And that's that. The question, I think, I'm going to repeat this again, was fair. On the show with Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp. Harrison has a million different ways he can answer that. Not least of which is, Mike Tomlin gave me my chance in the NFL. Mike Tomlin was my coach when I won a Super Bowl, won other championships, made a whole lot of money. And I think he's a pretty good and accomplished head coach in the NFL. I also think the same about Bill Belichick. You can answer that like that. But that's not who James Harrison is. James Harrison is always about James Harrison first and foremost. Never forget that. That goes through his history in every way, shape, and form. He is about James Harrison. So he was thinking to himself in formulating this answer, What's the one thing that I could say here that would make James Harrison look good or sound interesting? So he comes up with this. Well, of course it's Belichick. I saw Tom Brady running through the halls. Great imagery, by the way. Because he was afraid to be late for a meeting. Is the implication there that Ben Ben isn't afraid to be late for meetings? Or that other veterans aren't? Are you now throwing the veterans under... The bus as you did Bud Dupree and others? Young guys with the Steelers? I don't like any of this. I really don't. But I'm I'm interested to hear your thoughts. And I'm going to read, when we come back from this break, James Harrison's remarks for you again. Maybe they'll sink in a little bit. The number to call is 412-333-9939. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DKPittsburghSports.com. Filling in for Mark Madden, you're listening to 105.9 The X. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden.
1: Damn it, I'll be popular in Pittsburgh yet.
0: Hey, Mark, ball fan.
1: I think i got to start with pulled pork nachos. Hey, super genius, how are you doing today? Fantastic. The X at
0: 105.9. Did you hear what James Harrison said? I'm betting if you haven't yet, you will. But I'm going to share it with you anyway here. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DKPittsburghSports.com filling in for Mark Madden. Today and tomorrow. And I'd come in here today prepared to talk about, you know, different things. The Cleveland Indians made a trade that the Pirates will never make in a billion years. Going to open the lines to some hockey. Talk a little bit about the home run derby. on Bell, whatever. And then James Harrison, I don't know if he popped off, but he was asked on FS1, the show with Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp to compare Mike Tomlin to Bill Belichick which is something that only 101% of the local population does on a regular basis. And rather than take you know, the kind of the high road that would have been there since James is all about James always has been, always will be he decided to Call attention to himself and essentially throw Tomlin under the bus. This is the gist of his remark, and I'm quoting here after he answers definitively that Bill Belichick is the better head coach. Quote, Mike Tomlin is good as a head coach. He's a player's coach. I think he needs to be a little bit more disciplined. The big thing with Belichick is he's very regimented. He's disciplined. Everyone is going to be on the same page. There's not going to be anything as far as someone doing their own thing. I think over there, meaning New England, their whole coaching staff is like that. He also says, man, I've seen Tom Brady running to a meeting scared to be late. And then when he's asked how Tomlin could upgrade his discipline factor he essentially repeats, just being more consistent across the board with everything from your stars to your special teams players. Here's the thing. In addition to Harrison's remark being selfish, which is, which is all it is, he left. He left not once, he left twice. He wanted out badly. He was furious with Tomlin and Keith Butler and Joey Porter, and everybody else involved in keeping him on the sideline last year. He was apoplectic. He was unprofessional. His conduct in the locker room, stuff that didn't get reported because it wasn't on the record, and thus his off-limits, some of his behavior was beyond belief in there. I can tell you that myself. But instead of talking about his own lack of leadership, and throwing Bud Dupree and, and really, through extension, T.J. Watt and everybody else who's a younger outside linebacker under the bus, he chooses two steps removed to do that with Tomlin. Instead of saying, you know what, this guy's won a lot. This guy's a big reason why I'm wearing a Super Bowl ring right now. Instead of saying things like that, He decides he's going to roll the whole process, basically, under the bus. That's James Harrison right there. That's who he is. These things that he's describing, this is the one that gets me the most. About Tomlin needing to be more consistent across the board with everything, meaning discipline, from your stars to your special, special teams players. You know where that comes from? in a winning locker room or winning clubhouse, you know where that comes from? It comes from your veteran leaders. You know, who was not one of those veteran leaders, right? Right. So what he's doing through this message is saying, you know what? I don't appreciate that. These young guys came in a took my job. B acted maybe a little bit differently than, uh, you know, James Ferrier, Aaron Smith, other guys from a previous generation, Troy Palomalu. And I really don't appreciate the fact that they didn't let me play. That's all he's saying here. There's nothing else to this. There's nothing else to this. 412 333 9939. Do you take Harrison's word in this case? But do you also take it as. Meaningful? Do you take it as relevant? Do you think that it vindicates things that people have said about Tomlin all along? Or is it stuff that you already knew? Let's go to Steve in Florida. You're on 105.90X. Hey,
2: what's up, D.K.? Hey, um, yeah, as far as Harrison goes, I, I have no problem with what he said. I kind of agree with him. Uh,
0: but, but why?
2: Well, because I don't think there's – I mean, clearly from the way the players act outside the locker room, I, I don't think he does have the discipline. I don't think they do respect him. I think they like him and they want to play for him, but I, I don't think. I mean, everything that happens off the field points to you know a, lo- a lack of discipline. So I mean, you're
0: you're you're po- you're pointing primarily here to.
2: I think he's a baby, but I mean, like for the way he went out, but I, I don't disagree with what he said. Okay,
0: you're pointing primarily to social media and things like that. The handful of things that have that have kind of blown up in their faces.
2: Yeah, and all the suspensions and everything else, and it's a circus in that locker room. I mean, wouldn't you have to agree that...
0: Well, hang on a second. All the suspensions is referring to what?
2: I mean, Martavius Bryant. That's all you but... got
0: is Martavius Bryant. And Lev Bell. Lev Bell was in a car with D'Angelo Williams and blew it. He was suspended. You can't blow that one up. That's not a, that's not a locker room issue.
2: <laughs> but I mean, football is the most important thing in that locker room. I mean, look at Lev Bell. He wants... I mean, he wants to out of Pittsburgh. He wants to promote his rap career. He wants to go into on to one of the Yeah, coaches. but
0: that's not a lack of discipline. It's just I mean, not. It's what, what about Le'Veon Bell rapping makes you uncomfortable?
2: Because it's the culture thing there. It's not, football's not important. It's but if
0: Le'Veon stuff. Bell was playing banjo music, <laughs> like if he was like Buck Owens on Hee Haw, I mean, well, would you consider well, that to well, be a lack of discipline?
2: Do you think he's East Coast or West Coast?
0: I couldn't care less. What difference does that make? <laughs> I don't even know what you mean by that.
2: <laughs> he either wants to go to the Chargers or the Jets or the Raiders.
0: Oh, okay. I don't know if you meant like East Coast rapper, West Coast rapper. I don't God.
2: Or, I think he's more money-closed in, in that kind of route versus, like, the thug life of, of the West Coast. I think he's going to go
0: think, the You chest. have to watch when you say things like that. Listen to what you're saying. You're calling him a thug here, basically, because he raps? I,
2: not. I said he's not. He's East Coast. He's more about partying and money and that type of thing. But
0: he's not. How do you know that Le'Veon Bell is about partying? Have you listened to his music? Have you seen him partying? Partying or seen him doing things wrong that, that have affected his performance on the football field.
2: He was rapping.
0: You he don't like, like rap, rap, man. I I get it. I do like rap? No, you don't. You're calling him thugs. <laughs> no, I, I said that.
2: You're putting
0: words in my mouth. Oh I no, know. no, I, I'm That's not, not actually. You me. use the term thug life. I appreciate the call, Steve. Seriously, let's go to Chuck in the car. You're on with DK on 105.9 EX. X.
3: I tend to agree with James Harrison's comments. This is I stunning. The Steelers are one of the most undisciplined teams. Based on national what? National Chuck, based
0: on what? Let me hear it. Based on what?
3: Based on what? They don't listen, they don't they can't fundamentally tackle, they can't follow directions. So they're undisciplined because jump. they couldn't
0: There's... tackle the Jaguars. They're un, they're an undisciplined team.
3: Well, they, there's many reports that have come out that they're late for team meetings. Ben doesn't show up for team meetings.
0: I and have never heard Ben not showing... Where have you heard that Ben didn't show up for a team he, meeting?
3: He's he's lost control of that team,
0: and they don't respect him. You, now you're just winging it, man. No, <laughs> you I'm really not, don't I'm, have anything not, here, Chuck. I'm the, not winging it. You are. Every, every time I've asked you it's for something true. here it, so it, far it in this brief conversation, you've come up with nothing. Ben and has not... You
3: also said But then you also said that... James Harrison should thank Mike Tomlin for his ring and he should because he did a good job coaching that season, but he did that with a team that Bill Cowher
0: built. Oh my goodness. You're one of those? You understand no, I'm not he one won us you, you you understand that he won a Super Bowl. He's a head coach who won a Super Bowl. How many times have you ever said Mike Sullivan won the Stanley Cup with Dan Bilesma's players?
3: He didn't put that team together.
0: How many times have you said that Mike Sullivan never, won the cup with Dan Bilesma's players?
3: I've never said it because I think Mike Sullivan's a way
0: better coach. Oh, okay. So Dan Mike Bilesma Sullivan, was. when he won the Stanley Cup with Bilesma's players, that was cool. He didn't win it with Biles. Whose players were you know, they? He took over funny. it. He t- he or, or, or Mike Johnston's players? I, I mean, you have a, you have a point. Okay, that's all I'm saying here. There 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 are things that people say and they just repeat them, and they repeat them, and they don't think about them. That's all I'm asking you to do here in the nicest possible way, Chuck. This this conversation, there's so many reflexive responses that people have to this stuff where they don't think about it. Just think about what you're saying here. If you're going to say that the Steelers are undisciplined, come at me with something. Anthony in Ohio, you're on 105.9 The X. Hey, DK. Uh, I am putting...
1: Zero stock in what James
0: Harrison said. Imagine that. Why is that? <laughs>
1: well, I think I mean he's done, right?
0: So, yes, he is. And you could argue that he was done before this.
1: Right. And the way that he left, I mean, it almost sounds like he thought that third ring was going to be bolted on. It wasn't. And now he's, I think he's a little sour. He's a
0: lot he's a little sour. Little. It's not yeah. a little. This guy was making a clown of himself in that locker room at times last year. He was making a spectacle of himself. The discipline that needed to happen in that locker room needed to come from 92 and the other veterans on that team. And he's going to roll Tomlin under the bus after that? Give me a break. I appreciate the call. I like rationality. We can take one more. 412-333-9939 is the number. Elliot and Butler, you're on 105.9 The X.
3: Right, uh do you think that Harrison would
2: take his own advice? Say if Tomlin was to start cracking down, do you think Harrison would straighten up?
0: No, not at all. That's the best point anybody's made here, myself included, in this whole half hour. That's it, a great point. You think he would have listened to Tomlin or Keith Butler or Joey Porter or anybody? No, no. chance. The leadership, the discipline, the culture. Aspects of any locker room in any professional sport from major leagues to minor leagues happens within the room. Every single professional athlete in human history, including James Harrison himself, will attest to that. He just went for a convenient narrative there because he was asked a question that he felt he could find a way to spin it into something negative about about Tomlin. Jason in Cannonsburg. Keep coming here. the x Go ahead, Jason.
4: Hi, Dayon. How are you today?
0: I'm really fired up right now, Jason. I can't make it any clearer. This <laughs> one, this bothers up. me, man.
4: I am just as fired up as you, but I'm on the other end of the spectrum. Go ahead. Today.
0: Um, it's,
4: I can't believe that you can sit here and go against James Harrison when for this team for years, I feel like the lack of discipline – has been there. And to say that it is supposed to come from the veteran, disagree with.
0: It all, I but but, but here's the thing, Jason. I, I, it always does. It always has. If I had right now Troy Polamalu, Aaron Smith, Alan Fanica, and James Ferrier, if I had all four of them sitting here with me in the studio, they would all tell you the exact same thing.
4: So where does the head coach come into play
0: then? The head coach comes into play in organizing the coaching staff and setting the standard for discipline. But the actual enforcement of discipline happens in the room, not just for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but for the Pittsburgh Penguins, for the Pirates, for every team in professional sports. That's how it works. It works that way in amateur sports. This is not Little League. It just isn't.
4: I will respectfully disagree with you, but when whenever you read, whenever you said what James Harrison had uh, said on that show, mm-hmm. I was not surprised in the slightest.
0: I'm sure I that you not- weren't because he was repeating the most convenient populist narrative that's out there. I appreciate the call and I appreciate the, the the way you put that. If you're on the line here, I would encourage you to to give us a call back after this next segment. We're going to switch to pit football here, and Matt Grubba, who's down in. Uh, at the ACC kickoff in Charlotte to talk a little bit of Panthers. And then we're going to get back on this James Harrison subject after that. The number to call will be 412-333-9939 if you want to give us a try back. In the meantime, hang on for Grubba. He knows his pit stuff, and I think you'll enjoy this topic. I'm Dan Kovachevich of DKPittsburghSports.com, filling in for Mark Madden. You're listening to 105.9 The X. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Ah,
1: super genius. What were you afraid more of, Satan or teabagging? Probably teabagging. Great story. Compelling and rich. DX at 105.9.
0: We've been talking football here for the first half hour, almost entirely on James Harrison's remarks comparing Bill Belichick and Mike Tomlin, and we will get back to those after the coming segment, meaning the break that follows it, and hope you can... Call back in if you were on the line. Join in if you weren't. But for right now, we're going to go down to Charlotte, North Carolina, where Matt Grubba of DKPittsburghSports.com has been covering the ACC kickoff. We're going to talk a little bit of pit football. How are you, Grubba?
5: I'm doing all right, DK. Thanks for having me on.
0: No complaints. No complaints down there, right? It's a fun It's oh, a no. fun event. I've it, never it, done it, one of those.
5: It, it's it's a great event, but it's... Uh... It's kind of like an assembly line. They run, uh, you know, all fourteen teams, seven each, seven each day. They just run those guys out in front of you. You get your forty-five minutes with them, and then they're gone. Well,
0: what's your impression? Because those things can just kind of the way through through pe- the way people talk about their own teams and their own players, you can kind of get a sense for who's favored and who isn't. Uh, mm-hmm. How will Pitt do this year within that within the Coastal Conference?
5: Well, in their division, it's pretty wide open. I mean, Miami is probably the favorite. They're the defending champ, but we, of course, saw what Pitt did against Miami last year. I think unlike the Atlantic division, where you have Florida State and Clemson that are, I would say when the polls come out, are probably going to be clear top ten teams, it, there's not a great frontrunner in the Coastal. And Pitt you know, has a lot of experience coming back, and you can tell they're quietly confident.
0: Well, should they be, though? That's that's what I wonder about here. I I wonder how much of that confidence, and, and I respect it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking it. But I wonder how much of that is rooted in Kenny Pickett's late surge. Do you know what I mean? Like, if, if they didn't have that, I wonder how they'd be feeling about themselves. And and really, is has Pickett shown enough over a long enough period of time, uh, including what you've seen uh, from them in the spring and summer, Uh, to justify that?
5: Well, in terms of Pickett, frankly, no. He hasn't shown enough in games yet because he hasn't had the opportunity to. I mean, remember that Miami game was his only start. He appeared in a total of four games last year, but those last two against Virginia Tech and Miami, he really acquitted himself well. And it's just a comfort level with going into camp with a clear number one quarterback as opposed to last year when there was a battle for it. You think three years ago when they had Peterman and Wojtek going back and forth you know, generally speaking, if you have that number one going in, your offense is going to be, you know, leaps and bounds ahead of where you are if you're naming a starter on the week of the first game. And then on the flip side of the ball, though, I think where a lot of that confidence comes is from the strides the defense made at the end of the year, and they bring back nine starters on that side of the ball. So, you know, that's the side where I think they're expecting to make the biggest strides forward.
0: Well, s- staying with the offense, though, what what mm-hmm. is going to be the difference uh- – because it can't just be Pickett. What are the who are the other players who have to step up or rise up or break out in order for Pitt to be successful offensively?
5: Well, Pitt wants to run the ball. I mean, that's Pat Narduzzi's mindset. That's going to make life easier for the defense. They want to control possession.
0: Everyone and, says that though. They were saying yeah. that when Matt Canada was there and they were throwing for 500 yards a game, you know? <laughs>
5: That's true, but I, this is a offensive line that they think that they're going to be capable of doing it. Now, granted, they only have two returning starters. Alex are the senior at tackle. He was one of the players that came down to Charlotte here and spoke with the media. But he talked about how, even though there's only two starters, the guys that are stepping in, you know, two of them, Connor Gentino and Mike Herndon at the two guard spots, they're both seniors, and they've seen spot duty before. You know, they're 22-, 23-year-old type guys, not young guys getting plugged in there. And so... You know, even though the game started total might not be as high as you would think, they believe they're a really experienced, older offensive line that's going to be able to push around some defenses.
0: Matt Grubba covers Pitt Athletics for DKPittsburghSports.com. He's my guest right now on the line from Charlotte, where the ACC is holding its kickoff media days down there. Grubba, you mentioned nine starters coming back uh, Mm -hmm. for the Panthers on on defense. is it still going to be enough? I, I I hate to keep sounding skeptical here. It's not like they're coming off some great season. And and what stands out for me in particular, and I think for people who are Pitt fans and who are frustrated Pitt fans, has been the way not only the secondary has performed, but the way the secondary has been deployed, meaning having corners constantly in isolated island-type matchups. Poor Avante Maddox for four years of that. Uh, I, I just... I would like to see some adjustment from Pat Narduzzi and from his entire defensive coaching staff to that, and I just don't think it's coming, and that's why I'm skeptical. So it's almost like he'd have to have like four teenage Darrell Revises out there in order for that system to work.
5: Well, now keep in mind the system will be a little different this year because you have new defensive coordinator Randy Bates. Uh, you know he's going to bring in. You know they keep throwing out the word words attack style defense, but you know they believe that they're going to get pressure with their outside linebackers, their defensive ends this year, be able to get the quarterbacks to where those defensive backs aren't going to be left on that Island for nearly as long as they have been. You know, you talked about Avante Maddox, you know, guys like him doing as best as they could trying to cover downfield. Pitt's goal this year is to not make those corners get isolated for extended period of time to make the pros come quickly and to really let those defensive backs break on short routes, try to create turnovers that way.
0: Now, I, I still, I'm still skeptical of that, though, because you're still talking about that. This is what coaches say when they don't want to change things. They say, "Well, we just need to get more pressure from the guys up front." Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and that's what I'm wondering if is if if Narduzzi is going to be able to adjust or willing to adjust on the secondary end and maybe double cover somebody who merits double covering. You know, a big target for the other team.
5: Yeah, certainly. And again, this is. Where I say we don't know for sure what adjustments are going to be made because you have a new defensive coordinator calling the plays on that side of the ball. You know, you also have two new coaches in the secondary, uh, Archie Collins, uh, leading the secondary back there. You know, it, it's kind of a new philosophy with those guys and they want to make big plays create turnovers is, is the biggest part. You know, they're front seven. That's where seven of the starters are. They're actually getting some new bodies in the secondary where you have guys Moving into the starting lineup that are getting older, guys like Paris Ford, Jason Pinnock. Their hope is that with an upgrade in talent on the back end, combined with the experience of that front seven, that's going to be the winning formula.
0: Now, I, I know you're down there covering football, Grubba, but I, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you a pit basketball question here. Um, mm-hmm. What kind of progress is Jeff Capel? Making what can reasonably be expected here? Look, there's nowhere to go but up, right? I mean, not Absolutely. just from Ke- not just from the the zero wins in the ACC, but also from just Kevin Stallings in general. Um, mm-hmm. What kind of progress is fair to expect at the Pete this winter?
5: Well, if we're talking about on-court progress, which I think that's what you're going for, because yes. I think we've already seen Jeff Capel engaging with the fans, the pit community, and and sort of embracing that more than we ever saw in two years from Kevin Stallings. If you're talking about on-court success, you know, he's bringing in some young, talented players, but these are freshman guards that he's going to be throwing right into the fire in the ACC. You look at last year, they were able to win eight games out of conference, but then got length in conference play. I think it's a, it's a lofty goal, but a reasonable one would be a 500 season. If you can add maybe a couple more non-conference wins, get to 10, and then that's only asking for 6 and 12 in the ACC and he can get the 16 16 overall. So I think that is it might sound like a high goal but it's doubling last year's win. Yeah, so that
0: sounds that I, sounds I, I high to me. Great. Is Jared Wilson Frame still going to be their best player?
5: I think he is going to be one of them but Yeah, uh, see I just scratched really 500 high. off people my list. People are there. really high on Malik Ellison, the transfer from yes. St. John's, who sat out last year. You know, he you know has the pedigree, of course his father was a uh, number one NBA pick it's it, you know he's a guy that they really want to turn loose on the offensive end and can be they're hoping a 15 to 20 point scorer for them
0: Matt Grubba covers Pitt Athletics for dkpittsburghsports.com he's in Charlotte and thanks for being with us man
5: Thanks for having me on I will see you back in Pittsburgh
0: <laughs> Safe travels my man When we come back we're going to take we're going to swing back to this James Harrison thing okay This time we're going to Seek rationality from people. Open minds about the concept of where discipline comes from in a professional sports locker room. I'm Dan Kovacevic filling in for Mark Madden. You're listening to 105.9 The X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden.
3: Double M, big fan. Mark, good afternoon. You got want to talk to Mark Madden? What do you
1: want? What do you want? Damn it!
0: Oh, man, am I not Mark Madden? I'm Dan Kovacevic of DKPittsburghSports.com, filling in for Mark both today and tomorrow. We just did a little bit of pit football with Matt Grubba down in Charlotte at ACC kickoff days. We're going to switch back to this James Harrison stuff because there's just no way people are going to get enough of this. If anybody missed it, I'm going to reread the full comments at the top of the hour. So stay tuned for that if you missed the the comparisons that he's making between Bill Belichick and Mike Tomlin. But first we're going to go to the calls here. 412-333-9939 for those of you who already heard them. Jonathan in the car. You're on 105.9 The X. Hey,
1: GK. How you doing? Hi, John. Hey, so... I, I want to jump to Mike Tomlin's defense a little bit here, just from a perspective standpoint. So let's let's make the almost certainly incorrect assumption that James Harrison was accurate in his assessment, and he compared him to Bill Belichick. Okay. Let's Bill Belichick clearly the the gold standard for coaching across pretty much any sport over the last decade and a half. No question. So with with that said. Assuming he's accurate, he's comparing him to the best, what other coaching staff in the NFL over that same time period has even stayed intact, managed to re- retain credibility? I think Mike Tomlin, for what it's worth, uh, you know, even assuming James Harrison's making an accurate comparison, still deserves a lot of credit for being right there at that next upper echelon. Yeah, but he doesn't Maybe- get it,
0: John. He doesn't get that credit. He certainly doesn't get it in Pittsburgh. He def- if he doesn't get it in Pittsburgh, he's not going to get it anywhere. You know what I well, mean?
1: You know, no, I, and that's true in part. But again, I'm telling you as a guy who born and raised as a Bears fan, lived the last eight years in Seattle, saw some good and some very bad football mm-hmm. in both those, in both of those places, and neither of those places had the coaches asked yes, either one of those cities. Well, maybe the Seahawks are even they're wearing a little thin on Pete Carroll. I was going to maybe-
0: say right up until one play, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. It was- Leadership is kind of finite, you know, the 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 period of time, especially in pro sports where these guys you hear the same voice over and over and over again and it, it loses its mm-hmm. its luster that maybe it had at first. And I think it's kind of impressive to Tomlin's credit, and, and I think the fans here in Pittsburgh, while they're good people, while they're nice and so I'm learning, um, the reality is they expect and demand excellence out of the Steelers.
0: Yeah, and that's in a, a way that, that's a good thing. I mean that that's what you want. Oh, you know? it's, great.
1: It's, a great, it's a great thing. But at the same time, assuming there's not another Bill Belichick out there to replace Mike Tomlin tomorrow.
0: Yep, that's kind of how it works. Good. You're going to have to settle for the excellent coach that you've already got. Let's go to Finn in the car. You're on 105.90X.
2: Hey, Dan. How you doing, buddy? Hi, Finn. I am super surprised at some of your callers that are agreeing with James Harrison on this matter. Like, I don't understand how James Harrison can sit there and throw – Tom went under the bus on this situation. In my opinion, I totally agree with what you had to say with the veteran players controlling that locker room. A lot of these kids coming in to the NFL, you know, they look up to some of these players like Big Ben and and A.B. And, you know, they control the discipline in that locker room, in my opinion. Yes. Um, Yes. You know, and if James Harrison had a problem with what was going on, maybe he should take a long look in the mirror. It what he
3: could have did better.
2: He was part
0: that. of the problem, Finn. You exactly. have no idea how right you are. He's the one that the head coach and nobody could say anything to because yep. he would flip out and make a fool of himself yep. in the locker room. I love this call more than any call. Yeah. I, I just It's right up at the top of my all-time call list. Thank you for that. And if you want to join Finn in the all-time call list Hall of Fame, you can do that right after this brief break by calling 412-333-9939. This segment was sponsored by CW Electrical Services. Make the switch at cwelectricalservices.com. I'm Dan Kovacevic filling in for Mark Madden. You're listening to 10590X.